before we get too far, I need to remind you, let's see, Trey is, um, has, is uh, close, he's got about $1,500 in all of his fundraising, and many of you I know just gave to him last week, um, and uh, needs about 2300 to get going. Um, he is um, leaving on Saturday to go to Houston to start with a YWAM mission. Oh, to Tyler, okay, I'm sorry. Uh, okay, cool. So good, good. So going to be in, Ty- in Tyler getting training for two months, and then um, who knows where from there. So anyway, so um, anyway, so if you guys would be praying for him, and we're going to be meeting with him today, see what else the church can do to uh, to help with that. So uh, anyway, that'll be uh, be a good thing. So anyway, we're sad to be losing Trey for YWAM, but um, just really believes that this is where the Lord's leading him, and so uh, boy, we want to be supportive, of course, of of him and his calling, and and the Lord to do some mission work through him. So. Um, anyway, um, so anyway, when you see Trey today, make sure and uh, give him a big hug and uh, and and uh, commit to be praying for him because he's leaving on Saturday um, to go start that. So um, anyway, um, so anyway, having said that, let me um, let me get started here. Um, let's take just a moment and, and pray together again, if you don't mind. We're going to be in. Uh, well, I'll tell you that in a second. Um, Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time that we have together, and Lord, we we do thank you, Lord God. You are worthy of our praises. You are the God who's highly exalted. And yet the, you're the God who also is near to us, just like we sang this morning, just like Rick sang this morning. Um, you are the God who, who reigns on high, and yet you're the God who has so much care, so much concern for his people. Uh, and Lord, we thank you for that. That is the God we needed. You are the God we, that we needed. Um, we needed someone who is sovereign over everything. Um, and yet was concerned for us and the small details of our lives. And so, Father, we thank you for who you are and just tell you again, you're exactly what we need. Um, and, Lord, we just pray for more of you in our lives, we just ask. I ask, Lord, for, for everyone gathered here this morning, Lord God, that we may know your goodness um, even more today, after, after today, after we dwell in your word, that we may know your goodness, that we may know your majesty, um, and we may know your love and your compassion for us. It's in Jesus' great name that we pray. Amen. Amen. If you have your Bibles with you, would you turn to Psalm 113? We're going to be in Psalm 113. And I just want to show you through a, some, through a few of these psalms that are coming up. You know, the psalms, sometimes it seems like they're kind of randomly um, put in there. And in a lot of ways, they're just kind of randomly put in there. Uh, but sometimes they're, uh, they're in kind of a collection about how they were used in, the, in worship in the temple uh, of the Old Testament. And so um, that is true of Psalms 113 through 118. These are known as the, uh, Psalm 113 through 118 are known as a grouping of, of those five psalms is known as the Egyptian Hallel hymns, H-A-L-L-E-L uh, psalms, I should say. Hallel means praise. That's a Hebrew word for praise. And the reason that, it's, that they're called that is that so many times in here, you'll hear, hear the word Hallel, or specifically you'll hear the word Hallelujah, which means not just praise, but praise the Lord, praise Yahweh, Hallelujah. Um, and so you'll see that so many times repeated in here. But these Psalms, Psalm 113 through 118, that you're going to be reading this week in your daily readings, um, are so much have to do about the praise of God. And they were used, they were written very early on in the history of Israel, and they were used in the, the, the liturgy, they were used in the, in the temple, they were, used, they were um, offered, they were read or sung, um, recital that were sung at the temple. They were also read or sung during different feasts of the Israelites. And specifically, they, we know that they were used in the Passover. Matter of fact, Psalms 113, Psalms 113 and 114, those were recited or sung just prior to the Passover meal. And then Psalms 115 through 118 were sung or, or, or read after the Passover meal. 
Um, and so had it become so much a part of the culture of the Israelites, these psalms of praise and remembering what the Lord had done for them in the Passover. And if you'll remember in Matthew and Mark, they're, they're both mentioned that the disciples with Jesus, after they had finished the Passover meal with him at the Last Supper, um, they sang a hymn together before they went out for, to the Garden of Gethsemane. So Jesus himself, this would have been stuff that he grew up with, you know, it, during the feasts of his people, during the feast of the Passover, during all of those things. He would have grown up and would have been reciting these hymns or singing this, these hymns with his family and then later on with his disciples. And this one we know for sure, you know, whenever they went out, after they had sung a hymn, they went out to the Garden of Gethsemane, Psalms 117, and, I'm sorry, Psalm 115 through 118, they recited right after the Passover. So I want you to know that. I want you to know that this has been richly, these psalms have been a rich part of the history of the people of God for a, you know, a couple of millennia here. These have been part, the people have been praying and saying and exalting and praising God by reciting these psalms that we have saved, collected here for us in your Bible, your own little copy of the Bible, has been a part of the praise of God for generations and generations. That's amazing, isn't it? And, you know, let me not get too far. I'm kind of a big picture guy. I don't know if you know this about me. So hard I struggle with the practical stuff, I know. Um, but anyway, but here you go. Uh, so this morning, there are believers worshiping all over the world, right? Uh, and they are part of a people who've been transformed by the goodness and the faithfulness of God. Just like we're meeting here this morning, we're just a part of a lar much larger body of Christ, people who've been bought by the, body, by the blood and the body of Christ, and we worship this morning just like there are people worshiping all over the globe this morning, some of them in churches, some of them down in basements where they can't be seen by the authorities, right? But, but we're just a part of that. So we're just a part of what God's doing in, in, in causing His goodness to show to His people so that His people uh, might praise Him, amen, and might recognize His glory and respond back willingly and say things like this in Psalm 113, if you'd read along with me. Praise the Lord, or how you say that in Hebrew? Alleluia. Say it with me. Alleluia. Praise the Lord. Praise, or hallel, O servants of the Lord, praise the name of the Lord. Let the name of the Lord be praised both now and forevermore. From the rising of the sun to the place where it sets, the name of the Lord is to be praised. The Lord is exalted over all the nations, His glory above the heavens. Who is like our God, the one who sits enthroned on high, who stoops down to look on, the, look on the heavens and the earth? He raises the poor from the dust and lifts the needy from the ash heap. He seats them with princes, with the princes of their people. He settles the barren woman in her home as a happy mother of child. Praise the Lord, or... Alleluia. Isn't that great? Alleluia. I want to take you through this psalm just a little bit because I want, God help us this morning, I want you to see a little bit more about the majesty and the glory and yet the love of God this morning. So, so um, as we read this morning, we just pray that, that God's Holy Spirit would just help us to understand. You know, <clears throat> in his letter to the Ephesians, um, Paul wrote, he says, I pray that God would send his spirit to help you understand God's love because you can't fathom it on your own. You can't grasp the immensity of it all. You just can't see it all. So you're going to need the help of His Holy Spirit in your mind, in your life, in your heart to grasp how big, how long and wide and high is the love of God. So, so uh, Lord, help us this morning. Amen? We need His Spirit to, to, uh, to, um, 
to expose, to reveal his word to us. It's not just like we read this, but just understanding it mentally in our own minds, but we need the help of his spirit. Not a bad thing to pray for, actually, whenever you're in your quiet time. But, uh, but no doubt here again, Psalm 113, sung by Jesus and uh, sung by Jesus about himself, which is a beautiful thing. But anyway, uh, let's begin in the, in the very beginning, the first verse. Praise the Lord. Praise, O servants of the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. Do you notice there's three times that it's, that it's said, three times that it's told, praise or hallel, praise the Lord. He is worthy of our praises. And three times it's mentioned, who are we praising? We're praising the Lord. It's the Lord. It's the Lord. When you see that in your Bible, it probably has capital L, all uh, small caps, but capital L-O-R-D. That word in, in Hebrew, whenever you see it like that, that's the word Yahweh. That's the most common reference to God in the scriptures. And, and the term Yahweh is, would, well, the, actually, you know the story. Never mind. We're not gonna, we don't have time for that this morning. But anyway, the word Yahweh is in the, in the, in the Bible. Whenever you see that um, capital with small caps, L-O-R-D, that's Yahweh. That talks about, that specifically refers to um, the majesty of God in his acts toward his people and his revelation of himself. Okay, I, I know we don't get very excited about these days, but let me tell you how exciting that is. The fact that we can know God the fact that he allows himself to be known, the fact that he sent prophets, the fact that he's, he's, he's um, preserved the word of God, the fact that he sent Jesus Christ into the world that we might know him more fully is an act of his grace. Amen? It's just an act of his love for us that, I, that God has just decided, I want them to know me. I want them to understand the gloriousness of my nature. I want them to get the, the character that I have that is so loving, that is so holy, that's so set apart and yet so loving toward them. The very fact that God reveals himself as Yahweh in the scriptures is an act of his mercy and his grace toward us, that he might be the, um, seen as the great one, the almighty, uh, the, the lovely, the beautiful uh, God, the creator, the Yahweh of the Old Testament. Next thing, praise the Lord. And then listen to what he says. Praise the Lord, O servants. Praise the name of the Lord. Of the Lord. Um, it just talks over again, all the people of God. So if you can imagine those people at the, at the, in their homes as they're eating feasts together or at the temple worshiping in liturgy together, they're all saying together, Oh, the servants of the Lord, praise his name. All the people, the priests and the people alike are called to praise the Lord. Uh, three times it's said. And in verses 2 and 3, look with me. Let the name of the Lord be praised both now and forevermore. From the rising of the sun to the place where it sets, the name of the Lord is to be praised. All right. Don't you love that? So, so here it goes. So when is it supposed to happen? From now until eternity. At what, what time are we supposed to praise the Lord? From the time the sun comes up to the time the sun goes down, we're supposed to be people who praise the Lord all the time. It's supposed to be like a lifestyle. It's supposed to be ingrained. It's supposed to be part of us that I'm so changed, that I'm so struck by who God is and what he has done for me that I can't help it. But every moment, every hour that I'm awake, I'm praising him because he is worthy to be praised. Amen. So that in, my, in, in that regard, so that my life reflects a blessing or a praising of the Lord. It's supposed to be part of who we are. It's supposed to be part of our DNA um, is, is, um, as, as believers in particular. And look with me in verse 3. The, from the rising of the sun to the, setting, the, to the place where it sets, the name of the Lord is to betray, be praised. With the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ, you know, what an odd thing that this, this, this very small people in Israel who worship this God named Yahweh 
would become anything larger than what it was there in what's now currently kind of Israel in, in that spot. But, would, but that God would become the God who is worshipped all over the globe. It, there is not one nook or cranny that you can find in all the earth where, where God is not worshipped, right? He is worshipped everywhere in virtually every country, in virtually every tribe. Uh, there will be, at least, um, there will be, uh, the name of the Lord will be lifted up. How odd is it that, that, that it's spread like that? And the reason is, of course, because the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. He came. He died. He himself was God and is God. And he himself would sacrifice himself for the sake of people, that, they might, that their sins might not be counted against them. And he took on our punishment. And what, what is the great exchange? He took on our punishment, and we get his holy life. And that has changed life after life, after generation, after generation, all over the globe. And so now everywhere, literally, let the name of the Lord be praised. Amen. Amen. From now until forevermore. So anyway, here we go. So my whole life is to be hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Everything about me, it's supposed to be part of my day every day from the time the sun comes up to the time the sun goes down. And, you know, after dark ain't bad either. But for all the time, I'm supposed to be living a life of hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord for what he's done. Right? Okay. Now, you're like me. You have a lot of things going on in your life. You have a lot of things that are distracting. You have a lot of things that keep pointing you back to the, the physical things of this earth. You know, your concerns about money, your concerns about relationships, your concerns about your marriage, your concerns about your kids. And you have all these things that continually point you to these things on the earth that are continually pointing you to say, these are the things that matter. These are the things that need your attention. These are the things that demand your attention. You've got to be concerned with those things. Well, really? Really, is that where we're supposed to be? consumed? Is that where we're supposed to be spending our time? Is that really what I want on my deathbed? I want to say that I've spent my time concerned and consumed about all of these things. Now, you know, to quote Jesus, your father knows you have need of all these things. I'm not saying that those are not important, but I'm not saying, but what I am saying is that these are not worthy of your whole life. There is only one thing that is worthy of your whole life, and that is to praise and glorify God with all that you are and all that he's made you and all that he's making you, amen? That is the only thing that's worthy of consuming your whole life. The only thing worthy of that altar of your life that you spend all of your time on, all of your focus, that's always in the back of your mind, always in the forefront of your thinking. Praise the Lord. May he be glorified in my life. Um, My whole life is to be hallelujah, amen? Verses 4 through 6, read with me. The Lord is exalted over all the nations, His glory above the, the heavens. Who is like our God, the one who sits enthroned on high? This first part of verses 4 and 5 is talking about the majesty of God. And he sits and he is, it uses the word, um, he is exalted over all nations. We talk about the sovereignty of God. And what that means is the sovereignty of God. It's all the things that God does when he acts and takes the actions of a king, the actions of a sovereign, um, um, expressing his rule, expressing his authority over all of his things, of over all things. And God is not only the God over something, but he is exalted over all the nations, his glory above the heavens. So we worship the God who is at the very highest realm is where he lives and where he rules from. And there is nothing beyond his strength or his power or his authority. That's the God that we worship. Amen. He is almighty God. There is nothing beyond him. Everything exists within his realm because he allows it to. Amen? 
There is nothing beyond him. Everything that holds together, everything exists is because he made it, right? And he rules over it even today. Now look at the stark, just strange change of directions here in the middle of verse 5, or I'm sorry, the beginning of verse 6, who stoops down to look on the heavens and the earth. The first thing you get here is that he actually has to stoop down to look at the heavens and the earth because he's so highly exalted, but at the same time he stoops down. And the picture here I get anyway is like a grown man, you know, a grown man who's tall, he's matured, he's grown all his life, and he's at the point where he's not going to grow anymore, and then yet his child comes to him, and he stoops down to pick him up. Why? Because he loves him, right? Because he cares for him. He's going to leave that place, that stature that he's earned, you know, over the years, and he's going to stoop down because of his love for his children. And the reason I believe it says that is because what he says in verse 7, he raises the poor from the dust and lifts the needy from the ash heap. He seats them with princes, with the princes of their people. Let me pause there for just a minute. He stoops down. It's exactly what Rick was singing. I wrote down your your lyrics here, Rick. It says, I'm unworthy to come to you. Would you please come down to me? He is the God who lives highly and exalted above everything else, but is not embarrassed or ashamed to stoop down and to come close to his people because he loves us, amen, because he is a loving God. Um, He takes care of his people, and uh, aren't we glad, amen? Aren't we glad? That's the glory of God, and it is the glory of God that is so highly exalted that we can never understand his power. We can never get a full grasp of his authority and his reign, but also we'll never grasp how very much he cares about every detail of your life and my life, amen? You would, think a God, you would think a God that is so highly exalted, who exists in a realm that's above everything else, you would think he'd be too busy, too, too important to be concerned for you and me, but he stoops down to care for his children. Amen? That's the glory of our God. He is both, right? He is both highly and exalted and totally separate from us, and yet he would not separate himself from us, but he came down, especially in the form of the Lord Jesus Christ, Uh, to demonstrate his love for us, to care for us because we are needy. And it ends with the same way it began. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. I want to just point out a couple more things in some of these psalms because I want you to, when you read it, I want you to, I want it to be meaningful to you. I want you to, I want you, whenever you you enter your quiet time this week and you read these psalms, I want you to think and ponder and, and meditate. Matter of fact, you know what the psalm says? It says that you should ponder and meditate on the Word of God. I want you to ponder and meditate on the Word of God as you read it, especially when we get into Psalm 19 this week. It's going to talk all about meditating on the Word of God. But anyway, flip over with me to um, Psalm chapter 15. Let's read, I'm just going to read the first verse, first verse there. It says, Not to us, O Lord, not to us, but to your name be the glory because of your love and your faithfulness. This next part of just kind of living a life of hallelujah that I want to talk about is, that, is this question I have. How often do I seek praise? How often do I want to appear to be the smart, smartest guy? How often do I want to appear to be pretty? Okay, not, that's not really me. But, uh, you know, some, for some of you, maybe, you know, feminine types, um, that may be you. How often do we want to appear a certain way? Or how often do we want to appear to be the smartest or the strongest or the most knowledgeable um, or whatever? How often do we seek the praise of men? How often? But the psalmist says, not to us. Not to us. Not to us, O Lord, be 
but to your name be the glory. How often do we seek his praise? And how timid are we to give God credit where his credit is due? You know, how timid are we to, when someone says something, how, how timid are we to say something, well, it's only because of his goodness. Uh, listen, open your mouth in praise to God. It's what you were made for. It is to be a people that, that God could pour out his grace on and show his kindness and show his goodness uh, and show his majesty that we might respond willing to we, willingly and say, the Lord is to be praised in my life. He is to be praised in my life. So not to me. But hallelujah, praise the Lord. Amen. Psalm 116. And, and when you read that this week, Psalm 115, just think about that during the day. What, that'll be like Wednesday, I think, right? Or Tuesday or Wednesday? Monday, Tuesday. Okay, that'll be uh, like Tuesday whenever you read Psalm 115. But during that day, just think and just, just listen to yourself. How often are you seeking the praise of men instead of seeking to praise God through your actions, through your words? Uh, just think about that a little bit. Not to me, but hallelujah. Praise to the Lord. Psalm 116, look with me. We're just going to read the first two verses of, of chapter 116. I love the Lord. Don't you love that? I love the Lord, for he heard my voice. He heard my cry for mercy. Because he turned his ear to me, I will call on him as long as I live. I love that. Okay, so he says, I love the Lord. And why does he say, I love the Lord? He heard me. Okay. This is a difficult thing for us to kind of grab this concept of, but, but listen, when we're in trouble, when we're in strife, when, there, when we are suffering and we call out to the name of the Lord, He hears us. And listen, in that way, suffering is good for us. Did, did I just say that? Yeah. In that way, suffering is good for us because I begin to learn of the care and the concern of the Lord, not for every other, you know, person of the five billion, six billion people on earth, but his care and his concern for me, right? It's when God becomes not the God of my parents, but the God of me, myself. And those of you who are, you know, who are youth, who, who've not learned his goodness for yourself yet, it's coming. You know, you're, you're going to come against some, some strife and some trouble and some suffering in your life, and you'll call out to God. And do you know what you'll find is that he is faithful to you. Not just your parents, not just your friends, not just all the adults that you know, but he is for you. Amen. He wants to show you his favor. Um, and so, boy, I believe just so sincerely, and as I study more about suffering, suffering has a purpose for a believer. Amen. It is not just some random act. Suffering is for a purpose. It is so that God might show his goodness to us, right? Um, let me ask you this. Um, growing up, when are the times that you most... Um, um, surely, most decidedly understood the love of your parents for you. Let me tell you, let me guess. It was at a time that you were going through some suffering and they showed times that they cared for you in a time that you were, you were, you were suffering, and that they really began to understand. You know, we talked to Rebecca a lot about kind of her perspective because of her handicap. She's got such a unique perspective. Um, but we ask her all the time uh, about things. And, and one of the things that she tells us all the time, I know you love me because of all the, the trial, all the struggle that we've gone through together. She says, I know you love me because you cared enough to take me to Houston to have surgery at Shriners Hospital. Let me tell you, the surgeries at Shriners Hospital were great for us, but they were, they were terrible trouble. And, and, 
And I tell you, I could, I could have flashbacks even right now whenever Rebecca, after, especially after muscle lengthening surgery, I guess that's really painful. Your muscles react by contracting after they've been cut, um, and it makes it even really more painful. And she was cut on seven different muscles. And so I remember her waking up in the middle of what they call the step-down unit, which was like a critical care unit. And she would wake up at times and would be um, sobbing uncontrollably because of the pain that she was having in, in the, the tightening of her muscles after they'd been cut. She was in excruciating pain. And I, I remember that time, not because it's pleasant, but I remember that time because she thinks back to that and she said, I know you love me because we walked through that together. Listen, one of the ways that you know the goodness of the Lord is because when you suffer, he's there for you. You wouldn't know that without the suffering, would you? You would never know his goodness. And so listen, God uses all the evil things that are happening in your life, and he allows them to happen, no doubt. But one of the things that we learn through it is that he loves me. I, I suffer, and yet I call to him, and he's there. And I, and I know there's evil in this world. I know it's broken, and I know it's been corrupted by sin. But God is there for me when I call him, and so I will call to him for the rest of my life. Amen. Even in suffering, I can say, hallelujah, praise the Lord. Let me, uh, let me close like this. There, you guys got something to play back here? You got something plugged in you can play for me? Thank you. Would you, would you bow your heads here for just a moment? We're just going to take a little bit of time. Just ask the Lord to, to minister to us, to, to remind us of the truth of these scriptures that we read, especially in Psalm 116, uh, but one, Psalm 113, just all about my life is to be an, an example of, of constant praise to the Lord. I'm supposed to live a life of hallelujah. I, I'm supposed to live a life of praise to the Lord. Um, and in Psalm 115, I, I want to learn to do better at not to me, not to us, but to your name be the glory. L- let me not receive the praise. Let me not be seeking your praise. But Lord, you receive the praise for all that you've done in my life. And here in Psalm 116, even in the midst of suffering, when we needed to see God's mercy, when, when, we, when we needed Him, right? The times that we seek after Him, those aren't, those aren't times when everything's going well. It's times when things are falling apart. It's times when our relationships are falling apart. It's time when our finances are uncertain. It's time that we don't know what He's got planned for us. Um, it, it, it's times that we've got strife in our lives. And yet over and over and again, whenever we, we, we pray to Him, whenever we ask for His mercy, he is faithful, and He is there for us. Like, the, like a mom or a dad for you, He is faithful, and He stoops down, and He's there for you and for me. Amen. So, Father, um, all of us in some ways are going through some trouble, even today, even right now. Some of the, the trouble is we would even call suffering. Some of it we're suffering in our relationship. Some of it we're suffering because of finances. Some of it we're suffering in sickness or illness or weakness. Some of it we're suffering because... Um, uh, of sin, our own sin that we've chosen. Some of it is because we're suffering uh, because someone else has sinned against us. But Lord, whatever it is, we know this about you. You are high and exalted. You reign in a, in a sovereign realm that we can't even comprehend it so, so far above us. Yet you, Lord, you stoop down and you show your love and your care and your concern for us and you hear us, O oh Lord, and you care for us, O oh Lord, and you show your goodness to us, O oh Lord. And we are a thankful people. 
We are a thankful people. So uh, let me just pray for you this morning. If that's you, if you're, if you're there right now, if you're, if you're struggling and suffering right now, I just, want to pray to I just want to pray for you right now. Lord God, may we find you in the midst of suffering. May we call out to you, Lord God, and will you be true to your word because I know that you will. Would you be found by us? Would you come near to us, Lord God? Could we hear, could, could, we, could we hear your voice? Could we sense your presence, Lord God, in the midst of all of that suffering to know that, Lord God, you are good and you are there and that you care for us, that you love us. Lord God, I just pray that you would shower your people with your unfailing love. Come near to us, God. Would you reveal yourself to us again, Lord God? Would you show us again your goodness? Because, Lord, ultimately, you are our only hope. You are our only hope. Let me just ask you just now, just right there between you and the Father, like it's only you and Him in the room, would you just, just quietly there, would you just confess to Him, Lord, I praise you in the midst of these circumstances because I know your goodness. I, I, I know you're near me. I know you hear my cry. I know you hear my petition, my supplication, my asking for your help. I know you hear me. I know you come near to me. And so, Lord, I praise you even in the midst of my suffering, even in the midst of my prayer. Just pray that to him. Father, how great is your love for us. How, just how abundant you are in grace. How, how abounding you are in grace and mercy. How much we need your strength, Lord God, in our lives. How much we need you to come near to us. We need you to hear our cries for help, Lord God. And we just confess it. And so, Father, so you're so great that even in the midst of our suffering, even in the midst of our trouble, we can say, Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. It's in Jesus' great name we pray. Amen. Amen. Trey, would you come up for a moment, and then uh, we'll be dismissed. I did want you to get an opportunity here to uh, to hug Trey's neck and uh, offer to be praying for him and supporting him in whatever way the Lord leads you. And uh, so, yeah, he'll be shipping out Saturday, and uh, goodness gracious, that's coming up. Soon. Yeah, six days. Yeah, six days away. That's soon. It's kind of it, weird. It's it like, is kind of weird. It's like this in between, like a countdown, and you're like, yeah, here it comes. You're like, I don't know what it is. Like, <laughs> So many new friends. Yeah. So uh, anyway, I know you want to come by and uh, and uh, and just uh, hug his neck and tell him. And of course, Trey's coming over for lunch too. So uh, we'll have Trey and the Robinsons clan all over at uh, at us in the uh, Bucks house. So y'all come on over for lunch if you don't have other plans. If you do have plans, cancel them and come anyway. All right. All right. Very good. All right. Well, let's pray and we'll be dismissed. Let's, Trey, would you mind just praying for us? And yeah. We'll, sure. We'll go.